Exercise and aging. The big question is, what type of exercise do you need to do for lifelong health and wellness? My friend Jordan Weicker, doctor of physical therapy, is back to talk to us about just that. Her goal today is to give you an idea of what fitness should look like as we age, as well as give important tips for perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopausal women to consider. She's speaking to four important types of exercise that are needed for you to have overall fitness as you age, endurance, strength, balance, and flexibility. Hello friends, it's Missy and this is my podcast. This is me at 50. Let's chat about what it looks like and feels like to go from your best life in your 40s to an even better life in your 50s while navigating hormones, perimenopause, and menopause. Let's talk about finding balance over perfection, nourishing your body and the role nutrition plays, healthy movement, who you should surround yourself with and why that matters, anxiety, hot flashes, concentration, focus, sleep, cooking, relationships, and friends, all the things. This is me at 50. Now, before I move on, I want to make sure you're getting all of the best information because I love sharing. As a professional health coach, I am passionate about educating and providing quality information with the goal of creating a healthier community. So be sure to check out the show notes and sign up for my authentic wellness mailing list. This is an awesome resource for recipes, upcoming events, and more great information on ways that you can create that healthy lifestyle that you want. Just click on the link to sign up, or you can also visit my website, authenticwellness.net, and sign up there. As a nice bonus, I'll send you an awesome freebie just for joining my community of fun. Now, let's get over and chat with Jordan. What are we talking about today, Jordan? So we're talking about exercise and aging, like that big question, what do I need to do to stay healthy, keep my fitness? So I'm really hoping to give you an idea of what that looks like as we age, what type of exercises we should be doing as we age, specifically as women, what we should be doing as we age, and then realistically give you an idea of maybe how to implement that. That sounds fabulous. This is this is right up my alley. I'm loving this. Okay, so... Where should we begin? Probably, you know, what are, when, when you're talking about exercise, what what are you looking at or what are the categories or how are you kind of grouping it? Yeah. So I think exercise culture and I, what I love about our, our society now is that we really see the importance of exercising and making sure that our bodies are staying strong and fit. But I think is a missing link is what that should look like as I age, as my body is changing, how do I make sure I am staying strong and healthy? And that category of exercises, I think really helps at least me make an idea of like what my workouts or what a workout should really consist of. The, there's four things that I think are really important specifically with age that need to be implemented into our activity. And those are endurance, strength, balance, and flexibility. So I'll go into a little bit of each of those just to get an understanding of it. So endurance refers to aerobic activity, that exercise that increases your breath and heart rate. It helps us do 
all of our daily tasks. It helps us keep our energy. It helps us get the yard work done when it when it's been a long day. Um, this is one of our big keys for health and wellness. It's important for cardiovascular health, lung health, heart health. It also helps delay many diseases that are more common with becoming older, like diabetes, breast cancer, heart disease. And these, these activities are that brisk walking or jogging, yard work like mowing or raking, dancing, swimming, biking, climbing stairs or hills, playing tennis, basketball or pickleball, some of those things that if you're thinking endurance-wise, we're sustaining activity for a long period of time, right? We want to sustain movement as we get older. So that's that endurance piece. I have to tell you something with this. So the, so I, I tend to go grocery shopping on Monday morning. So I mm-hmm. usually drop off my son at school and then I go grocery shopping. And one of my favorite parts of where I grocery shop is I shop at one of these big, it's like a big super center, right? So we go, we actually grocery shop at Myers. There's a Monday morning ladies walking group mm-hmm. and those ladies are hustling. And so it's actually always fun for me as I shop to see how many times they lap me because they do the whole perimeter of like yeah. the whole outside of the inside part of the building. They are awesome. So this last Monday, we kind of know each other now because I feel like we're regulars there (laughs) because I'm always shopping and they're always walking and there's a group of them. So we started high-fiving every time they were doing laps. And I I just loved it. But I thought it was really an incredible, just I loved seeing it because I thought here is a group of ladies that wants to get moving. They were hustling too. It's not Mm. like they were slowly looking at like the end caps and what was on sale. These ladies were moving and they had their shoes on and they had their shorts on one lady had a headband on and so yeah. like they were there to show up and I thought how absolutely awesome and wonderful that these people were doing that so yeah. this just makes me think of that you know sometimes I think we get into well I have to go to a gym or I have mm. to be a member someplace to do something and that's just not the case and even in the winter you know in Wisconsin here mm. you know we get stuck indoors a lot but there are lots of places where you can incorporate all of these things that you're talking about here with that endurance so that's my little side story I had to tell you yeah. about my ladies and makes my, me think of the mall walkers too that's yes. a very big thing malls maybe are not as big anymore mm-hmm. with online shopping but People go in groups and just walk them all. People walk yeah. at the Y. I know some high schools allow the track in the wintertime to be open for the public. So there's absolutely groups, and like you said, that are working together to just maintain that movement of endurance, keeping the heart and lungs healthy. So yes. That's fabulous. I love it. Okay, what else do you have here? Strength. Strength's the second one. So strength is, is that our muscles that are strong, right? It's being strong. It helps us stay independent. It makes daily activities easier, like being able to get out of a chair, getting up off the ground, climbing stairs, carrying in groceries, our ability to move our body, that strength. This also is a huge one in helping us keep our balance, preventing falls, having muscle strength. There's multiple ways that you can build strength and resistance is one of those big one, big ones. So if you're thinking resistance like weights, resistant bands, you can do water resistance, um, gravity, your body weight is a resistance. So that can include, if we're thinking of activities, 
lifting weights, carrying groceries, bodyweight exercises like stairs, squats, wall push-ups, or even strengthening classes that are offered at different community centers, the YMCA, things like that. I hadn't thought about, that's a really great point with the water resistance, right? The, and and I think water aerobics and, and water workouts because it's much easier, right? On joints and all of that. So that's fabulous. Okay. What else you got? Yeah. So balance, balance is, is another big, big one that helps us prevent falls, which is very, very common um, with older adults. Falls and that fear of falling, especially in the winter with ice. So maintaining our lower body strength, um, that exercise helps us improve our balance, but our muscle strength along with our vision, vestibular function, and proprioception control is also a key point in balance. So finding activities that utilize multiple of those systems, so like Tai Chi, yoga, maybe standing on one foot, walking heel to toe, can I balance with my eyes closed? Um, those things are all a part of our balance. Very important. And then that last one is the flexibility. So we're thinking those four different types of exercise or components of exercise maybe is the better way to put it. Endurance, strength, balance. And this is last one, the flexibility. Being able to move our body into its full range, allowing our body to feel free with movements, not feeling restricted, to make sure that it's easy to put on our shoes, tie our shoes, put our socks on, um, look over our shoulder when we're driving, reaching into a cabinet, having that freeing ability and not feeling limited in that. So things that can help with flexibility, yoga, again, is a great one, stretching, having daily stretching routine. So I think with aging, if we're thinking about, if we're starting out thinking about components of our movement or activity or exercise, these do include these four things, the endurance, the strength, the balance, and flexibility. Are there, I guess for me, I know when I look at, I'm, I'm almost 52 and there's definitely things that even five years ago I was doing that I can't do now. And sometimes I I don't know if it's just that I'm just tired and I just don't want to show up for the day or if it's actually that my body's changing and I have different surprises sometimes every day that I'm having to deal with. So are there things kind of as we age that can make this more difficult when it comes to movement? Yeah. And, and I feel like I, I preach this or maybe I get on this soapbox quite a bit that with age and with women, with our hormone changes too, movement should look different at different phases of our life. I think I know I've experienced, I was a collegiate athlete and even what I'm doing now is very different than what I did in college. And that can feel frustrating in that I used to be able to run this amount. I used to be able to lift this amount, but it's important to think our body physically is not the same as it was when we were in high school track. It's not the same as it was when we were in college, but I think it's, it's empowering and maybe a way to to have a different perspective to look at what your body can still do and take that take that viewpoint of what can I celebrate that I'm doing to help maintain my health and wellness. I think too much of our society is looking at stopping aging, don't have the aging wrinkles. These are 
the clothes are going to make us still look young or the things, but instead changing that lens of saying, well, what can I celebrate and still do to make sure that I'm still moving when I'm 90, making sure I'm still going up and down the stairs easily. So specifically for women and who are in either perimenopause, menopause, or most postmenopause, there's a lot of symptoms that come with that hormone change that can make it feel like a drag. Even at 40, men and women, our metabolism shifts, which also changes how well we're uptaking energy. So specifically in women, though, we experience those hot flashes, depression, sleep changes, joint pains, arthritis, other musculoskeletal pain, and that cognitive cognitive change that happens with those hormone changing and leaving. If we don't change anything about our fitness, we know that there is long-term effects with that. So for thinking, changing in our hormones, the estrogen one is a big component with menopause. Estrogen is used for bone strength, muscle strength. That's why women are more at risk for osteoporosis. So with age, we need to do some strengthening that's very specific on our bone strength. And so I mentioned the strengthening component of our exercise needs to be more than just air resistance. So body weight, that banded resistance, standing and doing exercises, those things are so, so important. And it's If you want to look this up later, do some deep reading. It's called Wolf's Law. When there's force on the bones, the bones will build strength. And specifically in women with this loss of estrogen, we are more at risk for falling and breaking our hips. You hear about little little old ladies falling and breaking their hips, not little old men falling and breaking their hips. And this is a big component of that because we have that estrogen loss. So strengthening with resistance is so, so important for this. We also know women and cardiovascular disease, that is the one of the leading causes of death in women. The American Heart Association recognizes that postmenopausal women are at higher risk. It causes one-third of deaths among women around the world. And this is due to having a decline in our LDLs, if you're thinking of that cholesterol. And that happens with menopause. So we know that we think that that is that link with why women have more cardiovascular diagnoses. So if we're thinking again about those four components, that endurance, that aerobic activity, walking, dancing, swimming, playing pickleball, that is something that can improve cardiovascular health. It decreases our risk of cardiovascular disease. So for women, cardiovascular endurance, that endurance training is so important. We also know that that endurance aerobic training helps increase our HDL so that other, that the high density lipoproteins that part of their are good cholesterol and it decreases the LDLs. You want the HDLs, H to be high, LDLs, Ls to be low. So, so endurance training naturally helps this process in our body. It also can help control hypertension and again, decreasing that risk of cardiovascular disease. Another thing, body composition. So postmenopausal, we are at risk for gaining more abdominal mass, abdominal fat, and there's that spontaneous decrease of activity, decrease of our energy expenditure. We're not sleeping well. We naturally then slightly shift to become more sedentary. This, again, that metabolic rate is changing. We know that our metabolism changes at 40. So decrease in our estrogen levels and also a decrease in our 
follicle stimulating hormone. Another thing if you want to research and read more about later. Yeah, what's <laughs> um, that? Um, it's another one of our hormones that is used with, that is released with our monthly cycles. Okay. That mm -hmm. now is not being released. So mm -hmm. this is one of our things that they're believing can cause that abdominal fat to build up. Um, and so we know that obesity um, is a risk factor for a lot of other health diseases that heart disease, diabetes, heart, high blood pressure, cholesterol, liver disease, sleep apnea, and the list I feel like can go on and on with it. Mm -hmm. But you know, diabetes alone affects women, about 70 million women. And that exercise, again, improving our metabolic rate, our energy expenditure, expenditure with endurance and strength is things that naturally help reduce our obesity. And specifically, we mentioned a little bit um, earlier, the aquatic exercise or aquatic therapy really, really is a great component in helping with weight management and decreasing the resistance that's on the joints, being able to get that cardiovascular and strengthening up. Maybe when we do have some joint pain or other musculoskeletal pain, we take away gravity. We can work the heart, work the lungs, work the muscles without that added difficulty in there. We also know balance. There's a lot of studies that link balance difficulties in postmenopausal women. Balance then causes a greater fall, fall risk, which again, if we're having osteoporosis, can lead to other fractures and hospital admissions. That can then force women to be more in long-term care facilities, cause social isolation, and can increase our depression, which depression in itself is linked highly with menopause because of our hormone changes. I, I really like to think of, and I told my husband that I was going to say this and he laughed at me, but there's that quote from Legally Blonde where Elle Woods says, there's no way she could be the, the murderer because she exercises. Exercise releases endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people don't kill their husbands. <laughs> and <they're, laughs> he laughed that I said I was going to say it, and I said it. But it, it's, it is true to an extent, right? It, it gives us social interaction. It gives, it does release endorphins. It helps enhance our sleep, and it helps improve our psychological, physiological health by reducing stress, anxiety, and then helping with depression. So as women that we know that this is a higher risk for us, another great component of exercise is to combat our depression. So a lot to think about specifically for women, but I think very important things. I'm thinking about the ladies in the walking group at yeah. the at the grocery <laughs> store, right? And I'm sure that they also, you know, in addition to walking, right, they're a unit in there. They're there for each other and they're supporting each other and encouraging her, each other. And I think that is oftentimes having that accountability and that sense of connection with other people helps to keep you active, right? Mm -hmm. And it definitely combats depression and that feeling of isolation. So mm -hmm. fantastic. Okay. How does one go about figuring out what's the right kind of exercise or how much exercise or movement? How? Where do you even begin with all of that? Yeah. Yeah. Because you can say okay. this all sounds great, but yeah. how do I actually do this? Yeah. And I, I think I remember learning in, when I was in physical therapy school, that the American Heart Association says 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity 
exercise, aerobic activity can decrease your risk of heart disease. And I remember dividing it up when I was in school. I'm like, that's 20 minutes a day. And I used to be that person being a collegiate athlete. I would work out in the pool for two hours and I'd go lift for another hour and I do our darling for another hour. And I, I see people now, I, I spend an hour at the gym every single day. And I think it can get stuck in our head that we need that much in order to maintain health. And if we're thinking about decreasing our risk of heart disease in 150 minutes a, a week, 20 minutes a day, or three days a week at 37 minutes, like that is research shows that that is enough to help decrease our risk. So it doesn't have to be that high intensity amount. And with age, we're thinking about that moderate intensity aerobic activity, along with some of the strengthening. The American Heart Association will also say that you would they would recommend two days of muscle strengthening or resistance training. But that moderate intensity is brisk walking. So 2.5 miles an hour. And if you've ever been on a treadmill and you set it to 2.5, that feels really slow sometimes. And so doing that 20 minutes a day is enough to de decrease your risk of heart disease or some of these other things. Water aerobics, dancing, gardening. Gardening is a huge, huge factor that people don't think about as exercise. But if you think about the squatting that you do to pick the weed and then you're carrying your basket of weeds to move it somewhere else and then you're squatting down to you know plant a new bulb or pick your tomato i mean that's you're doing repetitive squatting you're doing body weight training you're doing sustained movement maybe if you're in your garden every day 10 minutes you're already halfway there and you might not be thinking about it biking slower than 10 miles per hour too is also considered moderate intensity activity. So I think if we're thinking about what the intensity actually is, I think this piece makes it feel a lot easier to incorporate. Maybe some things that you're already doing, like even going to the grocery store, I'm walking that whole time. Maybe I'm not a part of the exercise group, but I am walking in the grocery store can be a component of maintaining health and wellness. A little bit more vigorous if we're trying to make that comparison of the two like walking up and down hills. So if you're thinking you're going for a hike in the kettle, you're going up and down on the trail, that is considered a vigorous activity. Running, swimming laps, maybe a little bit quicker of a dance. Heavy yard work, like digging or hoeing or mulching, or that's counted as more of that vigorous intensity. Playing tennis or pickleball, jumping rope, those things are that more higher intensity that if you're thinking, if I'm doing that you don't necessarily need to do as much of it because you are working the body at that higher intensity. Yeah. Is there a way to, to gauge, I believe it was called like rate of perceived exertion, right? So mm -hmm. is there a way to help people know the difference, say if you're walking, the difference between say a moderate intensity walk versus more of an aerobic walk? Yeah. And we actually use that rate of perceived exertion quite a bit in therapy. Something that I will like to say that if you're walking, you want to make sure that you can hold a conversation without feeling winded. You can get all your words out easily. If you ever think about maybe you did a race or you're starting to walk and you're having to go between breaths and you're breaking up your sentences, that's maybe when you're getting 
past that moderate more into a vigorous walk in itself. So being able to speak throughout, right? If you're thinking a scale of zero to 10, we want to be around that four or five, that middle of the road lower, being able to speak through comfortably. Perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I think that's something along with, I mean, these are, these are fabulous examples in nice categories to show people different things. And it's literally 20 minutes, 20 minutes a day. That's, Mm -hmm. that's completely attainable. It doesn't seem so big when you make it like that. Right. And I think sometimes that's the, the pitfall that we get into, right. Is that we think, well, I would love to exercise. I'll start that next week. Right. (laughs) Because you know, the, the idea of it seems so big. And it seems like such a huge undertaking because maybe we're thinking about how we used to exercise or activities that we used to do. And I like what you said when you when you said celebrating the things that we can do, right? And understanding that as we age, recognizing that we're still showing up, right? Mm-hmm. And that we are moving and we are, you know, getting our bodies in healthy movement is absolutely something to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Wonderful. I like this one too. Yeah. <laughs> I like all of the ones that you do, but I like this one too. Yeah, it's, so, it's a okay. small piece of a very, very big topic. And of course, yeah. everyone's situation is going to dictate mm-hmm. different things that you are capable of. And mm-hmm. hopefully the idea of 20 minutes a day, even if it's broken up into 10 minute bouts even feels a little bit more attainable because I hear so many moms or grandmas who are watching their grandkids are like, I just don't have the time. And especially as women, I think we, we put on the hat of caregiver and we don't sometimes maybe see what is needed for ourselves. But if you can think I went for a walk with my kids today, or I walk through the grocery store instead of maybe doing the online ordering you know, that is a component of being health healthy for you. It's helping maintain that endurance. Maybe you're doing just a few stretches before bed. That's part of that flexibility, the, that, you know, that mobility. I'm standing on one foot while I brush my teeth. That's some balance training. Like it's things that if you can incorporate to a part of your day, knowing and recognizing that these things are helping me in the long term, I think that, like, like we said, can help us celebrate what what we're maintaining that end goal because it should be different when we're 20 versus 30, 40, 70, and even 90. It should all look different, but still maintaining that same goal of being strong and healthy. Do you have as, as people come to see you or when you talk with people about maybe they have not been doing any kind of stretching or any kind of physical activity and they really want to start doing something, um, do you, you know, recommend they ease into it? Do you recommend that are there certain stretches or certain activities that you think somebody just starting out can do so that they can avoid injury? I feel like sometimes that's a pitfall too, right? Is that we we decide in our head because it's a lot of it's mental, right? It's like, okay, I'm there. I'm going to get on my exercise bike starting next week and I'm going to like do it. And, and, and sometimes I think we overdo it. Uh, in the beginning, and then we either hurt 
or we hurt ourselves or we're just so sore from it because we kind of overdo it. And then all of a sudden we're right back where we started because it hurt. So do you have recommendations for ways that people can ease into it or suggestions for stretching routines or flexibility things that can help people be successful? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I see that a lot where people want to get back into exercise and they go gung-ho about it, they injure themselves, and that puts them even further back from their goal or prevents them from coming back to it and returning to that. There's a lot of things out there in terms of stretching and exercise and what you should be doing. And I will say that with social media and that trend that we're seeing of like the reels and the short videos, there's a lot of things that can say, well, this is the exercise, this is the stretch that's gonna be great for you. Everyone is going to be individualized in what they need. It, it's something that you could consult a physical therapist for. We work a lot with people who have generalized muscle weakness, balance loss. Those are things that we get referrals for from doctors. Someone is feels weak and they want to get stronger. Like that is something that a physical therapist can assist you with. There are great personal trainers in town even that can help direct you. I think being very clear about what you want your goal to be with a personal trainer is important. There are some great, great avenues for personal training to help you maintain health and fitness. There are some classes that if you were to start with that you jump into, maybe you do need a little bit more of an introduction that might be harmful to it. So I think really looking into what is my goal with this movement? Making sure that everyone's viewpoint is in alignment, then you're good to go. A gal on YouTube, her name is Adrian. Yoga with Adrian. She does fantastic stretching, morning routines. It's very yoga based, but we know yoga is great for balance and flexibility. She has very beginner ones. I tend to recommend that one to a lot of my patients. I think listening to your body if you're here, if your your body is feeling sore, even with an exercise or with a stretch, you might be pushing it too much. We do feel tension and tightness. It is our body's internal warning system. And I'll say too, with biking and running or even walking, go maybe half of what you think you can do because you want to make sure that you can turn around and get back to where you're going. I have a lot of people who say, I'm going for a walk, I'm going for it. And they got... 15 minutes into their walk and holy cow, they're beat, they're out of breath, their legs are hurting, another 15 minutes away from their house. And so if you're trying to get back into walking, maybe start a block. I'm like, man, this feels really easy, but make sure that you can get home. If you can do that multiple days in a row, maybe two or three times, okay, then I can push it maybe to the next block or maybe I'm going to add two more minutes and making sure that you can consistently do that. That's going to help build the endurance, but also going to make sure that you're safely progressing. I like that. I like that. And that's easy for people to build on, right? If you're walking in your neighborhood, just maybe once every other week or something, add another block on or mm -hmm. add a, another little section of your subdivision. I think that's fabulous. And, and again, you don't have to be running a marathon to achieve the mm -hmm. goal. And that's, I think, the my favorite thing that you said today is celebrating the things that we can do. And I mm -hmm. think that's fabulous. So this was wonderful. Great tips. I love your four. I love the endurance, the strength, the balance, the flexibility. 
definitely encompasses all of it and just listening to your body and the way you answered the question it's unique to each person, right? Mm-hmm. So when when you decide that you want to get moving, find someone, whether it be go and have a physical therapy session or two with someone who you can talk to about what you have going on in your body and you know what ailments or what conditions or what concerns that you have, or mm-hmm. find a personal trainer or you know different activity places where you have professionals, right, that know how to help create that roadmap so that everyone is successful. So yeah, yeah, I definitely see people even in the pool. I do our aquatic therapy that they come to me. We start getting a good program down and because the pool at the Y has open swim, they run with it on themselves and they're doing it by themselves. And so that is a very feasible thing to ask for. You're right. You can ask the doctor, can I have a script for my endurance? Can I have a strip, a script for physical therapy for strength? And that is within our scope of practice that is covered by insurance. It's something that we can definitely help you get get going, especially when it can be scary and what, there's a lot of things out there. You go to the gym and you're seeing people do stuff and you're like, I don't know how to do that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, finding, finding your team, finding that guidance is going to help you be successful. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Jordan. This was great. There we have it, friends. Celebrate what your body can do. Jordan provided fantastic ways for you to help your body feel strong and ready for whatever comes your way. Somehow, some way, just keep moving, friend. Now, before we wrap up, be sure to check out the show notes and sign up for my authentic wellness mailing list. Again, this is an awesome resource for recipes, upcoming events, and really great information on how you can create that healthy lifestyle that you want. Just click on the link in the show notes, or you can also hop over to my website, authenticwellness.net, and sign up there. And as a bonus, I'll send you an amazing freebie for joining my community of fun. But that's a wrap, my friends. I hope you like what you heard today. I would really appreciate it if you sent it to a friend or shared it on your social media. If you think there's something in here that will be helpful for someone else. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, I'd love for you to leave a positive review and rating. Until next time, my friend, I wish you all the best that life has to offer. Make it a great day. Today's episode is sponsored by Authentic Wellness. Our mission and life purpose is to teach you healthy, sustainable eating and living practices, guide you to alternative healing modalities, and offer support and accountability so that you can be your truest, most authentic self. We offer a variety of one-on-one and small group health coaching programs focused on balancing hormones, optimal gut health, and anti-inflammatory nutrition. Schedule your health consultation today by visiting www.authenticwellness.net.